Welcome to my new season of Perfect Strangers. You know, when you move to new places, you can feel disconnected or even awkward sometimes. And that's because you are lost in translation. You don't have the codes for the new culture. The culture shock can be pretty hard. And you can even feel reverse culture shock if you decide to go home after a few years, which is kind of crazy. But being the new kid on the block pushes you to really try to understand what you have in common with other human beings and teaches you cultural humility. And I want to share this experience with you and my guests. So, let's begin! What can go wrong when you have an American accent, an American passport, and your parents tell you you are going home after living seven years in Uzbekistan? You will totally fit in. Finally! At least, that's what Jessie thought. I discovered her story while reading a blog she wrote for Families in Global Transition, an NGO which serves as a forum for mobile families. I was touched by the very authentic way she described her 13-year-old self facing difficulties she didn't expect. I also discovered that she created a company to help kids that go through the same time of difficult transition. She was going to be a perfect guest for my podcast if she accepted my invitation. And she did. Jessie, welcome to Perfect Strangers. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm very happy to, to have you here with me. Today, we will speak about your experience uh, living abroad in Uzbekistan and coming back to what you thought was home when you were 13. Mm -hmm. And I hope you will also share the lesson learned and how you translated your experience founding your own company along the way to help others. So that's going to be in the second part of the interview. But first... If I can ask you to read a passage of a blog you wrote about your return to the United States, because I found it really beautifully written. Thank you. I love writing and just don't do it often enough. So this was a blog that was originally published on the Families in Global Transition. I joined my seventh grade peers for the first day of school, oblivious to my foreign self and assuming that my Navy and Eagle embossed passport carried the magic of finally fitting in without any questions asked. I walked into my first day of school in the United States with a lot of assumptions. I, like many third culture kids, assumed that my outsides, the parts of me that matched the other 13-year-olds lining up on either side of me, would mean I matched on the inside too. I assumed that my freckled nose and the mostly American accent I owned would equal diplomatic immunity in the middle school pecking order. I assumed that because I called myself American, because I'd been told this was my home and because my parents belonged here, that I also belonged. I assumed that the belonging, which had evaded my years of being a grayscale foreigner in a vibrant land, would finally fade. As it turned out, The azure of Uzbek mosques and the indigo of sun-drenched grape had soaked beneath my skin. I was too colorful to fit in here. I was so awkward, so innocent, so out of place, so Russian, so deeply other. I held an American passport and a very American name, 
but that was it. Thank you, Jesse. To begin, can you tell us more about when you arrived in Uzbekistan and how you lived there? I moved to Uzbekistan. My family and I moved when I was six years old. My parents were missionaries, so I grew up in both a Muslim culture and then a small Christian faith community. So there was also culture shock and some differences just in our community as well. I lived there all the way through my high school graduation with this year I'm referencing that I just read was my seventh grade year, where we spent in America. So the first significant time that I'd spent in my passport country. And then we returned to Uzbekistan. So you just stayed one year when you were 13 and then you went back to Uzbekistan. Yeah. Any parents that are listening, 13 years old, if you can avoid moving at a new school in the 13th year, that's my one tangible tip. It was quite hard. It's quite hard with just you're already a teenager and feeling a whole mess of things and then experiencing a new culture and a new school and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So then I graduated high school in Uzbekistan and moved back to the U.S. for some volunteer work and eventually some college education, all with the intention to work with our culture kids because that had significantly shaped my own life and my experience. And yeah, I just always wanted to work with other TCKs. There's a gap in resources and care that the world offers TCKs. Oftentimes it's at repatriation instead of before. So I just thought I was American and I felt slightly out of place in Uzbekistan. And then I realized like how out of place I felt in America. And I think that if I had had some tools and some language and even just like a warning from someone (laughs) before experiencing that on my own, that it would have been really helpful to feel a little bit more adapted to, you know, my parents' culture. So when you lived in Uzbekistan, who were the children you grew up with? They were mainly expats killed or it was a mix? It was a real mix. So my family was homeschooled. And I also went to a local Russian-speaking school for quite a few years. I used to dance back in my childhood. So I went to a ballet school and did my regular classes and then dance classes. And then into high school, my parents chose to send me to an international school. So I completed high school in Tashkent. So do you remember what was your idea of America back then when you lived in Uzbekistan? How did you imagine America? Because maybe you were coming sometimes, but not very often, I would guess. Yeah, we'd done a couple summers here and there, mostly with family. I think I imagined like what I saw in movies or read about in books. And even that, my parents were fairly conservative. So we watched like Little House on the Prairie and Bonanza, which is an old like Wild West TV show. So it wasn't really a great, it (laughs) it wasn't a great preparation. I wasn't watching like Clueless or something that was still, you know, a dramatized version of America, but perhaps slightly more accurate than like Little House on the Prairie. I can imagine the shock if you thought it was like the little house. Oh, the most embarrassing thing that happened to me. I still have visions. I had no idea. I love 
currently I love clothes and style. And I think that's a really fun way to express myself. And the clothes that my mom bought for us were from the L.L. Bean catalog, which is like polo shirts and khaki shorts. That was just like kind of all they had to offer. I still thought it was really fun. And I would like flip through the catalogs and I would circle like, oh, this pink shirt and and these like patterned shorts look really nice together. Um, But of course, this is nothing compared to like actually what teenagers in the U.S. are wearing for real. (laughs) So I think it wasn't my first day of school because luckily we wore uniforms, but it was another a friend's party or going to church or something. And I had this outfit that I had chosen so carefully. And it was like a yellow, a yellow polo shirt and an embroidered cherry and then matching it cherry pattern shorts with like <laughs> elastic waistband and long shorts past my knees. I was 13 years old in the US and it was not cool. It was not, it was not a cool look. <laughs> But I had no idea. That's the only, the pictures I saw of American kids were in these clothing catalogs. I was like, that's what everyone's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Were you dreaming sometimes to come to live in the U.S. while you lived there? You know, not until after seventh grade. So the challenges that I found living in my passport country kind of translated back to my host countries. Once we returned to Uzbekistan the following year, I remember, yeah, thinking like, I just want to be normal. I want to go to an American school. I don't want to live in this crazy country. So I really, the culture shock on the way back was also really challenging for the first time because I had loved my time in Uzbekistan. I really consider it home. And for the first time, I felt this disconnect uh. disconnection this awkwardness yeah and you had i guess you had to fight in a way to fit in the united states and then well then you were going back and you had to not begin everything again from scratch but still it's hard exactly And so you experience this difficulty of moving as a teenager and then moving back to Uzbekistan gave you then the envy to, I guess, understand more about the subject because you studied it in university and you already said it a little bit, but then you ended up even founding your own company to do that. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I started Kaleidoscope in 2013. We're still working with TCKs today. Actually, this morning, I woke up very early for one of our virtual TCK clubs. So Kaleidoscope creates safe spaces for third culture kids around the world and of all faith backgrounds, all genders, all sexualities, all that we're very inclusive space. And we're not therapists before I say this, we're not therapists. But we put an emphasis on mental health and self-care and providing a space for TCKs and especially younger ages to learn some of these tools and language and even just interacting with their peers and realizing, oh, yeah, me too. 
I I've experienced that too. You've you've experienced that too. Oh, so I'm not I'm not weird. This isn't crazy. This is there's some normalizing there. So our main events are virtual TCK club that goes along all year round, and third culture kids ages six through sixteen can join any of the clubs, and it's been a great space. It all it was kind of inspired by COVID and not being able to meet in person. But it's worked out so well because we all live all over the world. So then we're able to meet virtually and it's it's been a great addition to the in-person programs we already offered. So I've seen that on top of offering these clubs, you also offer curriculums. Correct. So we have curriculum that is made for virtual meetings. So if you are a TCK caregiver or educator and you're also trying to interact with kids online. We've done it. We've done it for four years now, and we're feeling pretty good about our programs. So you can purchase that curriculum. And then we also have curriculum for in-person events, which is where we started. I really recommend like a retreat or a conference where you can gather a group of TCKs and they can go through this experience or this curriculum together. So what would you say is the most important thing when you have TCK? We didn't say at the beginning what it means. I forgot to, because <laughs> not everybody is familiar with the name by third culture kids. I guess it's a bit late to say it, but anyway. And with your experience, what are the most important points to move to your passport country when you are not familiar with it? What should your parents think about beforehand? So third culture kids, for the most part, are pretty experienced moving between cultures. The thing that's unique about moving back to your passport country for long term or for short term, like I did for just one year, there's an assumption that we all hold that we should get it. You know, so we forget that we have all these great tools and these this great experience of adapting to new cultures and making new friends and learning new languages. That's those are the strengths of a third culture kid. And without the reminder that returning to your passport country or your parents' passport country is still a new culture. It's still a new place. It's still a new experience. Then you have access to all those tools that you already know. So just the reminder like, hey kiddo, You've made so many new friends in so many new countries. Like you've been the new kid. You've welcomed new kids. When you go to school today, why don't you find someone who who you want to like get to know? Ask some questions. Maybe someone else who's new. And just a little reminder that this is something that we already were used to doing. I found that mind shift to be so helpful. As you said, the assumption... It's funny because it makes me think of when I arrived in United States and I had the assumption that United States, it's easy because I speak the language and it's the same kind of culture. And then you arrive and realize, well, you know, I feel sometimes awkward or I have the impression I, there is some miscommunication or things like that. And you, it's hard to put your finger on it because it's not things that are visible. I guess it was the same for you. It's like, okay, you look the same. You When you understand the uh, dress code, you dress the same. <laughs> but still, I mean, you are, sometimes you feel like you have a way of communicating or behaving that it's different. And it's hard to 
understand what's going on. Exactly. When you speak the language and perhaps you look the same, it's harder. I guess there's privilege in fitting in. And then in some ways, there's also privilege in standing out because maybe people give you a benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, you didn't understand that joke. That makes sense because clearly you're from a different country. You don't understand this pop culture reference. You know, that makes sense. You're from Korea or, you know, whatever. Like, there's a visual cue that gives people who you're interacting with, I guess, some grace. It's interesting that you experienced that as your adult self as well. It's just as you said, you see the movies and that's what you know about the culture and you arrive in the country and you realize, well, you don't know the the culture. You just saw the movie. It's not the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> It makes completely sense to me what you experience as a teenager. And I think the word assumptions is really important because As you think you know the country, then the shock will be much harder in a way because you are not prepared. And I guess your parents had no idea about that neither. Did you ever go back to Uzbekistan? I've been once. How did you feel when you go back? I was just there for a short time. It felt familiar and I felt grateful. I mean, so many things had changed. Like our community was no longer there and... There's different new buildings and things like that, but the like the country smelled the same, the food tasted the same, and that just like hits a really special place in my heart. If you have a last piece of advice to parents, what would you tell them before we finish this interview? You know, I loved your reminder that you just mentioned a few minutes ago that you also felt the culture shock. And I think that that's a great reminder for all of us. In my experience as a child and working with third culture kids, I think that sometimes parents can shy away from hard feeling, hard, like big emotions, harder moments. Moves are just hard all the time. You can't move without it feeling challenging in some way. I just think an acknowledgement of that is really powerful. Saying to your kids as young or as old as they might be, like, this is probably going to be hard. There is going to be sad things. There are going to be things you don't understand. There are going to be things that I don't understand. Can we talk about that? When we get to Sweden or Kuwait or Kansas or whatever, when something doesn't make sense, let's figure it out together because it probably doesn't make sense to me too. That feeling of like, we're in this together, that can be a really great tool for communication. You have for like shared ownership of your family's experience, because it's not just you her, who are moving. It really is the entire family. And I deeply believe that third culture kids get such an incredible benefit of experiencing cultures and seeing the world and watching their parents move and navigate the new places. So I don't think you're doing your kids a disservice, but including them in that is a really wonderful gift as well. Thank you very much, Jesse. I think it's a great advice you're giving about sharing with your kids because you have your own difficulties too. And it's good to be in it together as a family and to communicate. I think it's a great advice. Thank you again. Thank you. Oh, this has been so fun. And you're a delight to talk to. 
I hope you will go on uh, helping all these kids around the world not feel alone and feel what the experience is normal and they cry and grow from that. So you can see the positive side, the time when they feel different or awkward or whatever happened to them. I think it's a great work you're doing. And uh, I wish you all the best with Kaleidoscope. Thank you so much. And if you are raising TCKs out there and you're looking for some of these tools or if you're in the middle of a transition and your kids could benefit from some stable, some ongoing debriefs and consistent friendship in the midst of a move, come find us at kldscp.org or the same on Instagram. Love to help you out. Thanks again, Valerie. Lovely talking to you. Bye-bye.